Hi everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap MBA. In this show, I document my journey to an independent MBA-type education focused on building bootstrap businesses. Over the course of the next 12 months, I will try to learn everything I can about ideation, software development and marketing. And then I will apply what I've learned by launching a new product each month. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to this first episode of the Bootstrap MBA. And in this introduction episode, I just want to summarize quickly what my plans is, what the Bootstrap MBA is all about, how I came up with the idea, my motivation, and so on. And first of all, the short version is that I will try in the next 12 months to pursue a Bootstrap MBA. And on the one hand, this means that my focus will be to learn how to bootstrap businesses. And on the other hand, it also means that I will try to bootstrap my education. So I will not take part in any established program, but instead will try to do everything on my own and learn independently using whatever resources I find useful. And there are several questions I want to talk about and probably the first and most important one is why I'm interested in bootstrap entrepreneurship at all. And here, the most important factor probably is that I am somewhat allergic to office politics and all these games that happen in typical job environments, all the micromanaging and also the stuff you have to do in order to have a successful career, like networking and yeah. If you ever have a job, you probably know what I'm talking about. The other component is that there is, of course, um, the famous quote that, that you either build your own dreams or someone else will hire you to build theirs. So independence and building on my own ideas, executing them was always important to me. And I didn't like to get a to-do list that someone else wrote down and then just doing it. I always try to do things independently. And this is why I feel like the bootstrap approach to entrepreneurship is the right is the right way for me. And another important component about entrepreneurship is that in a regular job, there are just too many layers of abstraction usually. So most people never see the impact of their work directly. And this is why so many people say their job is a bullshit job and has no real meaning and all these kinds of stuff. And of course, um, as an entrepreneur, you typically see directly the impact of your work because you're controlling it from start to finish. But this also applies to entrepreneurship in general, not just to bootstrap entrepreneurship. And so the question is why, why I want to, why I'm interested in a bootstrap approach. And where we are roughly when it comes to entrepreneurship, we have two big categories. The one category is our startups where the focus is really rapid growth and driven. it's primarily driven by outside cash. So you go to investors, pitch them, and you play the whole startup game, and then you're hoping for rapid hockey stick growth. And at the other end of the spectrum, we have the bootstrap approach, where we fund our ventures using 
using our own cash, so no outside capital. And the focus also is typically not rapid growth, but uh, sustainable revenue. So earning money from day one is more important than rapid growth or having lots of users. And again, I feel like here, bootstrap, the bootstrap approach is the right thing for me because when you're, when you're doing the whole startup thing, you still have some kind of boss, right? Because you're seeking money, you're getting money from investors and in, th in this sense, they, they are becoming your boss and you have to report to them because no one is just handing you money for free. <laughs> and also you have all these distractions like having to prepare pitch decks and going to whatever meetings, networking, because this is what you need to do in order to get the funding that you need. And also, I'm not motivated by a pursuit to become a billionaire. So <laughs> I'm happy with less, so I don't have big money dreams. I'm not dreaming of a big mansion or a Lambo. I'm, I'm happy with uh, just a little independence and a quiet, happy life. And this is why I feel like the whole bootstrap approach to entrepreneurship is the way to go for me. Now, the, the second question I want to talk about is why I'm interested in pursuing an MBA-type education, if you want to call it that way. So I've been dabbling in entrepreneurship for quite a while now, and I feel like now is the time I really need to level up. Um, it's time to get serious about it. So, for example, I feel very confident to write about stuff, and so all the business opportunities I see are writing opportunities, as you will. So if you only have a hammer, everything starts looking like a nail, right? So, and of course, if you have more skills, you will be able to spot more opportunities, better opportunities. And I really feel the need to level up my skill set to learn new stuff. And this is what I'm hoping to achieve with my bootstrap MBA experiment. And... Another important component for me is that I think that constraints and a certain sense of progress, progress are really important. So there's a quote I really like that says, telling yourself you have all the time in the world, all the money in the world, all the colors in the palette, anything you want, that just kills creativity. And in the past, I certainly felt as if this is true for me because if you say, okay, I can do whatever I want every day, then typically you end up doing nothing productive at all. So you need certain constraints. And this is why I set up a program for myself. So it's a 12-month program I defined completely only for myself. And I will talk about the details later. But first, I want to talk about why I'm doing this independently. So I, why I defined a program for myself and didn't enroll in some university program or some programming boot camp or whatever. And here the most important thing for me is that I really do believe that structured degrees in general should be replaced by independent learning journeys and also credentials should be replaced by portfolios of real-world projects. So because this is, of course, one of the obvious downsides of my experience, after the 12 months, 
no one will hand me a piece of paper that says, Jacob is able to do X, here's a certificate. So but I'm not really worried about this because this kind of piece of paper a certificate usually only certifies how good you are at following orders. And I don't think I would be interested in the opinion of people who value certificates too highly. So of course, there are certain professions where certifications are important, but for the kind of stuff I'm interested in, I think that having a portfolio of real-world projects should be more valuable. And if some people think differently, then that's of course fine, but I don't have to value their opinion, right? And of course, certificates are primarily important for people who want a job. And this is not on my at least short-term bucket list. I want to make the entrepreneurship work for me. And therefore, I don't think that I need some kind of certificate because I, I'm all interested in achieving results for myself. So building businesses and making a living this way. And the reason why I think that structured degrees should be replaced by independent learning journeys is that boot camps and university programs are really like, if you want, all-inclusive holidays. And the problem here is that you pay for a lot of stuff that you don't really need or like, and you typically don't get the good stuff. And in contrast, if I'm doing everything independently, I can hire the best teachers in the world whenever I want and will still end up with a much cheaper price in the end. So a lot of people you can, you can hire for consulting or whatever for an hour whenever you need it. And even if it's expensive, it's still far cheaper than the price of a university program or a boot camp. And additionally, I will focus most of my learning on reading books and then applying what I've learned. And this is, of course, super cheap compared to all the alternatives. A second thing I don't like about structured programs is that they always move at the wrong pace. And this is necessarily true because every student has a different background, knows different things. And since there is always a group of students who move through the program, um, it simply can't be perfect for everyone at the same time and usually when, will end up um, being the wrong pace for almost everybody all the time. And either it's much too slow and you get bored or it's much too fast and you, you're completely confused. And a related issue is that it's really kind of ridiculous to assume that everyone needs the same time to learn or master a certain topic. So, for example, if you want to learn physics, you enroll in a university program and it's three years or five years for everyone. And this is really ridiculous because some people are really motivated, others aren't. And it really depends on your approach and lots of factors. But still, yeah, you're dragged to the mean in a program because everyone is moving at the same pace. So you will typically move at the same pace too. And of course, some people manage through clever planning and all these, all kinds of tricks to get a bachelor degree in like one year instead of three. But these are really the outliers because you have, it's, it's an uphill battle. You have all these forces who try to drag you towards the main in these structured programs. And I really like an essay by Derek Sivers on this topic, which is called There's No Speed Limit. And 
in this essay, he describes his experience having a great teacher who pushed him to do the, I don't know, four-year or three-year music study program he wanted to attend in just one year. And this taught him that there is no speed limit. So if you do things on your own, if you focus on stuff that is important and ignore all the noise and just do the, the stuff that you really need to do in order to master the topic, then you can move at an incredible speed compared to everyone else. And this is also what motivates me to pursue and bootstrap MBA, so to learn independently, but still have some kind of structure I defined for myself. Another important aspect I don't like about structured programs that they produce clones if you want, because everyone has to fulfill the same requirements. Everyone sees the same stuff reads the same stuff, hears the same stuff, does the same homeworks. And yeah, the, the famous quote by Haruki Murakami, if you only read the books that everyone else is reading, you can only think what everyone else is thinking. And in particular, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, then spotting opportunities other people are missing is really important, thinking outside of the box. But yeah, if you're, if you're doing what everyone else is doing, learning and being exposed to the same kind of stuff that people have been exposed for many years, then it's not very likely that you will be very original in your skill set and also your perspective. Now, now that I've talked a bit about why I decided to pursue a bootstrap MBA independently, I want to discuss how I'm planning to do this. And First of all, I think it's really important that there's there has to be a delicate balance between learning, prepara preparation, and applying what you've learned. Because if you're only reading stuff, then you won't get very far, right? So you need to make sure that you really understand what you learn and also that you know how to apply what you're learning. So in general, I am a big believer in just-in-time learning. So of course, some preparation is necessary. You can't do everything from scratch without any prior knowledge. So this is a recipe for failure. But usually I think learning just the fundamentals is, is enough. And from there on, all the advanced topics you can learn whenever you really need them. Because the problem is you, if you spend a lot of time preparing, is that there are in principle infinitely many rabbit holes you can go down because there's just so much stuff that could be useful hypothetically and maybe I should learn X and then Y and then Z and you eventually end up doing nothing at all because you're just um, busy reading and learning more stuff. And then if you maybe get to the point where you want to build something for the real world, then you notice that all the stuff that you learned isn't really relevant. So my approach will be to learn the fundamentals and then dedicate the rest of my time really to applying what I've learned and learning everything else um, using a just-in-time approach. Now, what exactly do I want to learn? So a plan like I want to learn how to bootstrap businesses is not very useful. You need more details. As I mentioned before, I think you need certain constraints, which is why I have a 12-month window, but you also need a plan as the famous saying goes. So Plans are worthless, but planning is everything. I've decided that there are just three key areas I want to focus on. 
and these are ideation, software development, and marketing. So this is what I defined for myself as the essential skill set for bootstrap entrepreneurship. And of course, opinions may vary if you ask different people, if someone else would try something different, similar, he would make a different choice. But this is what I ended up with. And just as an example, you could, of course, also try to focus on physical product development or content product development, which would be equally fine. But I personally, for myself, decided to focus on software development. Now, of course, ideation, software development, and marketing are far too broad as topics to learn them or to be useful as learning targets. So I narrowed it down even further. And when it comes to ideation, my goal will be to learn how to come up with humble business ideas that have the potential to make a few hundred dollars per month and can be validated quickly by a solo developer. So I will not focus on world changing the next Uber for X or whatever. And instead, I want to have solid ideas that are useful for a certain group of people. When it comes to software development, I narrowed it down to learning how to build web apps using Ruby on Rails. And in a moment, I will discuss in a bit more detail how I ended up with this choice, because as you probably know, there are lots of alternatives. And lastly, when it comes to marketing, I decided that my focus will be to learn how to launch products effectively and also how to build a personal brand using tools like blogging, podcasting, and Twitter. So again, as for software development, there are lots of alternatives you could do, but I narrowed it down to just product launches and personal brand building because I decided that this is the right approach for me personally and also for bootstrap entrepreneurship in general. So with that said, I want to talk a bit about more detail how I ended up with my choices in particular and why I did choose Ruby on Rails and web apps as my learning goals. So I really started with a long list of all the type of stuff I could build as a bootstrap entrepreneur. And on this list, for example, are Chrome extensions, Shopify extensions, video courses, newsletters, paid communities, iPhone apps, desktop apps. So it's, it's a really long list. But then I narrowed it down by asking myself, okay, what do I really use myself? So, and I'm not a member of any paid community. I don't pay for any newsletter. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having any a Shopify store, so I'm not using any Shopify extensions and so on. And also I, I don't use um, iPhone apps except for a few standard ones. I don't have any Chrome extensions installed except for Pocket to save articles for reading later. So the only things from the list that I really use myself, books and web apps. I narrowed the list this way because if you're building something that you would use yourself, you already have a big advantage. And I don't want to build stuff that I would never use myself, at least in the beginning as, in, as a beginner. So because it's very hard to validate and do all the kind of research you need to do if you're just starting out without a big budget. So it's better to focus on stuff that you understand yourself, that you can use yourself, because then you already have your first user 
and you get the, fee the right kind of feedback all the time because you're using it yourself. And therefore, my list got narrowed down to web apps and books. And from this short list, I then focused on web apps because I feel it's more challenging and the whole Bootstrap MBA experiment is all about challenging myself. So I felt as if there is more potential when it comes to the businesses I can build, but also in terms of the stuff that I will learn if I focus on building web apps compared to writing books. Now, even with this decision made, I had to decide how I want to go about it because web apps um, is a huge topic and there are so many ways you can go about it. There are dozens, if not hundreds or thousands of programming languages and for each of them you have different frameworks you can use or completely different approaches to building web apps. So here my, my criterion, the way I narrowed down this almost infinitely long list is that I decided to focus on relatively boring old stuff, Lindy stuff if you want, because I think it's really important to have a large backlog of resources you can use and for example like libraries you can just pull in in order to have certain functionalities but also tutorials courses books and how to's all these kind of stuff that make it easier for beginners to learn and this criterion alone narrowed it down for me to ruby on rails laravel and django and because you know, all the, all the new flashy talk of the town stuff suffers from what is called the new hotness problem. And maybe one example is serverless, Jamstack, Node.js, whatever. And I tried a little bit of this stuff just to get a feeling for what it's all about. And yeah, it's, it, it seems to be evolving really quickly everything. And like 80% of the tutorials aren't working anymore because some API call changed or whatever. And also really cool stuff like Firebase by Google. No one knows when it will get shut down, if it will get shut down or will be heavily modified given Google's history. So Google, has a, Google is known for shutting down products quickly and then you build your own whole um, business on this kind of technology and it just vanishes and then you're completely lost and need to start anew and whatever. So it's, it's, you become really reliant on a company and you won't, don't know what they will do in the future. So it's, it's kind of risky, at least for me, and combined with the new hotness problem that everything is still changing so quickly and becoming out of date and you need to rewrite all your stuff and you have to spend a lot of time maintaining your stuff because whenever some API or whatever changes, everything breaks down and you need to fix it. So it's a lot of work. And you notice this if you go to Product Hunt and have a look at some older projects, maybe a year ago that were built with serverless, Jamstack, whatever, and most of them are no longer working. And in contrast, stuff like a Laravel project that was written or a simple PHP project that was written 10 years ago, you can, it's probably still working because the cost, which is another big factor, virtually zero for the project and there has, hasn't that been many big changes. So it's still working as it used to work. 
And yeah, cost is another big factor because um, serverless has a big promise that it's cheaper, at least in the beginning it's completely free, but in reality this is not really the case because the there's a, there's a sharp rise in the costs very quickly and it's really hard to control, at least from what I've heard, that there's always the fear of a surprise big bill coming in and if you compare it to projects that are built using PHP, Laravel, Rails, Django, whatever, um, you just need a cheap server and virtual servers on Linode or whatever start at $5 per month. And you can run infinitely many projects on the server. And even if there is a, a huge stream of users who want to use your one of your projects, several of them simultaneously, upgrading the server is just needs just a few clicks and it's no problem um, serving thousands of users at the same time for, let's say, $100, $100 a month. And if you compare it to serverless projects, it's really much, much cheaper. So this is not surprising because um, you have to do more work with a virtual server you run yourself, of course, there's more maintenance, but you also have more control and it's also generally much cheaper, which is important for bootstrap entrepreneurs because as a bootstrap entrepreneur, you want to experiment, you want to run lots of experiments in parallel. And if there is always a bill coming in for each project each month, then you're always tempted to shut it down. And another thing I personally found very confusing is that even really experienced people have a hard time figuring out how to go about certain things whereas if you do it in Laravel or Rails or Django it's straightforward so there's no there's no confusion it's just do that then that then that and it runs and there are all these small kind of things in a serverless or Jamstack or whatever approach that you need to consider. And I remember that I listened to a podcast a while ago, which was about Jamstack and it was three experienced well web developers and they couldn't even figure out what a Jamstack really is, what it really means, what kind of project counts as a Jamstack, what you can really do without it, with it, what you can't do with, with it. It's it's really blurry and especially at least as a beginner, I felt really confused about these kind of topics. So this is why I ended up with a short list of relatively boring choices, I would say, which are, as I mentioned, Rails, Laravel and Django. And then to make a decision here, because I at least at the beginning, want to focus on just one of them, is I had a look at different websites that were built by experienced solo developers using these different frameworks. Because I think this is a, the best indicator for how suitable a certain framework is. And as an example, Makerlog, getmakerlog.com is built with Django. And it's a cool site, but at times I felt as if it's a little bit buggy. So <laughs> this is what ultimately drove me away from Django. 
of course, it's just one example, but also I didn't know any other indie solo developers using Django. So this is why I had it narrowed down to Laravel and Rails. And Mubasha Iqbal, Mubs, is a famous, relatively famous solo developer who is um, bootstrapping business for many years now. And he's using Laravel. He's a big fan of it. And I really liked his sites. So there was nothing negative I can say about it. And I had a look at Laravel. I really liked the uh, Laracasts, what they are called, the tutorials. And the second thing I had a look at were the sites built by John Jung Fook, which is another relatively well-known experienced solo developer. And he builds all his site using Rails, Ruby on Rails. And I was really impressed by how quickly he was able to build relatively well-functioning, nice-looking, attractive sites. And it was really 50-50 between Laravel and Rails, but eventually I decided to use Rails because it was really what most of the people recommended if you're interested in rapid prototyping, so getting from an idea to something you can show to other people that is working that Rails is still the gold standard and this is what then convinced me to do it. So it, it seems to be a little more straightforward to go from idea to working prototype in Rails than in Laravel. But I don't think the differences are dramatic or anything. And it probably doesn't matter that much anyway, right? So because if you start reading about different approaches to building web apps, then there's always what I feel is the over-engineering trap because most of the advice is for people or is coming from people who are doing it because they want a programming job. So, and most of these jobs are at big, big companies and the requirements at these big, big companies are very, very different from what you have as a bootstrap entrepreneur. As a bootstrap entrepreneur, you want to build well-functioning, relatively simple sites quickly. Whereas, of course, you at a big company, there are so many requirements. But so most of the advice that is out there has to be taken with a grain of salt. Now, hopefully that explains at least in some sense or another why I ended up using Rails. I feel it's like still the gold standard for bootstrap entrepreneurs, at least this was my impression. And I, in later episodes, I will report if this turns out to be true or if I regret using it. And if I will regret using it, I will have no problem switching to some to a different approach. And probably if I find the time, I would love to try different approaches. So probably... I will not try Laravel or Django, but rather something completely different, like a serverless approach, just to really understand it. Because just from having a short look at it, I really wasn't able to grasp it. And I felt as if I really need to build a real-world project in order to grasp how all the puzzle pieces work together. But this is just a thought for the future. Yet now in the beginning, I really want to focus on Ruby on Rails and what I can do without, with it and learning it. Now, this brings me to the next thing I want to talk about, namely how I'm planning to learn all the different kind of things I listed above, like ideation, marketing, 
and um, software development. So what is really the curriculum, if you want, of my bootstrap MBA? And here, as I mentioned before, I want to restrict myself to a relatively small selection of cornerstone content, which covers the fundamentals. And I, I'm hoping to avoid falling into the passive reading trap. We are just reading, reading content and never doing anything with it. So I will not allow myself to read other stuff because uh, until I have read, distilled and applied what I've learned so far to avoid falling in this trap of just passive cons consumption and not doing anything with it. So I had a look at lots of like book lists and what the people recommend on different black platforms like Indie Hackers, Hacker News and try to figure out what could be the best books I should read in order to grasp the fundamentals that are necessary for a bootstrap entrepreneur. And so far, I have a relatively short list. And maybe I will just read the titles and make a short comment wherever I feel necessary. So the first book on my list is Make by Peter Levels, which I've tagged as a general overview. And it seems to be one of the, the best books, at least. This is what people are saying about um, the whole bootstrap approach to building businesses. So I'm really looking forward to reading it. And the second book on my list is The Warm Test by Rom, uh, Rob Fitzpatrick, which I tagged under ideation. So I'm hoping um, to learn how to come up with suitable business ideas by reading it and also how to validate them. And a second book I tagged in this category is Generating Product Ideas by Artyom Dashinsky, which is a relatively new book, but it convinced me because um, it really seems to be about actionable strategies where you can sit down and do certain steps and end up with a list of potential business opportunities. And I should probably say as for Rails. So this is just my the selection I made really at the beginning right now. And Things will probably change over time, but as I mentioned above, plans are worthless, planning is everything. I want to focus on these books as far as possible, and I will probably not add further stuff. I will just, if I th think that one of these books is total crap, I will replace it with a different book. So I have I've made a really long list of uh, books in all these categories, and then I force myself to pick just one or two in each category in order to have a manageable curriculum that I will go through. So maybe I can just, as an example, for example, on my in, under ideation, I have also When Coffee and Kelly Compete by Alan Clement, or I have The Four Steps to the Epiphany by Steve Blank as potential books that I could read. But so far, it's just a mom test and generating product ideas. And let's see how far I will get with this with these two books. Now, further books on my list, The Emails Revisited by Michael Gerber, The Personal MBA by Josh Kaufman, Dotcom Secrets by Russell Brunson, Ruby on Rails Tutorial by M Michael Hartl, The Millionaire Fastlane by MJ DiMarco, and Keys to Great Writing by Stephen Wilbers. So The Emails Revisited is what I tagged as general management, and probably I will read it near the end of my journey, if at all, 
but it's it gets recommended over and over again. So there are probably lots of valuable lessons in there to be learned. So I will give it a try and then report back on how useful it was for my bootstrap MBA approach. So the next book was the personal MBA, which I tagged as general economics. And I think it's, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> like a perfect fit for my approach that doesn't need any further explanation. The next book was is .com Secrets by Russell Brunson, which is a marketing book I picked, which also gets recommended over and over again. And since marketing is one of the three key areas I want to focus on, I also made a huge list of um, books that are related to marketing for bootstrap entrepreneurs and then forced myself to pick just two of them in order to get a manageable curriculum and not learn, read too much. So other examples of books that are on, the, on my long list, Contagious by Jonah Berger, Marketing for Developers by Justin Jackson, Authority by Nathan Berry, Launch by Jeff Walker, so Traction by Gabriel Weinberg and Justin Maris. So it's it's really, again, a long list that you could read, but I picked .com Secrets by Russell Brunson, but because it seems to be really actionable. And yeah, I just liked <laughs> the what people were saying about it. And the second marketing book I picked is Keys to Great Writing by Stephen Wilbur. So it's not a marketing book in the traditional sense. It's, of course, about writing. But since I decided that personal branding and blogging, tweeting is an important puzzle piece in what I want to learn, I decided to use and to choose a book on writing in order um, to level up in that direction. So hopefully it will do the job. And if it doesn't, I will swap it out for a different book and then report back in a later episode. Now, another book on my list that I mentioned is the Ruby on Rails tutorial by Michael Hartle. Michael Hartle. And this was a really obvious choice, unlike for the other categories, because if you ask, how should I learn Rails? And then people will say, read that tutorial. So <laughs> it was really an easy choice. And I tagged it under software development. And the last book um, is The Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco. I included it because as .com Secrets and all the other books, it gets recommended over and over again. And I really like what people are saying. And I felt as if it's a perfect fit for my curriculum. So, of course, there are no hard criteria that I could use to make choices from my long list to my short list of the books that I will really end up reading from compared to the books that I could read in principle. But yeah, this is really a very personal choice and other people will probably make a different choice. But if you've read some of the books or alternatives, feel free to tell me in advance. So if you say you're going to waste your time reading that book, then please let it, let it send me a short message, let me know. So I'm always happy to hear um, feedback and save time if you think an alternative would be a better choice. I will, of course, also consult additional sources in the next 12 months. But yeah, as I mentioned above, I will do this on a just-in-time basis. I will read certain articles, how-tos, tutorials, 
when I really need to understand how to do X and restrict myself to a minimum when it comes to these additional readings and really try to get as far as possible with just the fundamentals. And even more important is that all this reading is just one puzzle piece, right? Because passive reading is not that effective. What you really need to do is to elaborate on what you read and also apply what you learn. So I made three categories. I wrote down three categories for my curriculum. So I made these choices, ideation, marketing, and software development. Then I picked certain books. And then in, for each of these topics, and the books are related to a phase that I call the acquiring knowledge phase, where I'm focused on reading books, articles, and maybe case studies. But then there are also two further phases, which I call the solid solidifying knowledge phase, where I try to elaborate on what I learn. I try to write about it, talk about it, share my learnings in order to spot holes in my own understanding and get feedback. And most importantly, there is a phase where I try to apply my knowledge. And this means in practice that I will try to generate business ideas. I will launch products and do marketing for them, try to build a personal brand. And this is what I feel will be the most important part of the Bootstrap MBA project. So to make sure that I will divide my time suitable between these three categories, between acquiring knowledge, solidifying knowledge, applying knowledge, I wrote down a list of assignments that I will try to do on a regular basis. And the assignments I ended up with are First of all, to write down five business ideas each day. I will try to publish two tweets each day. I will try to write, write one blog post every week in which I will share what I've learned. I will also publish a podcast like this one every two weeks in order to reflect on my progress. And last but not least, I will try to launch one product each month. So... In this sense, the famous 12 startups in 12 months challenge is a subset of the Bootstrap MBA. I will also try to do 12 products in 12 months. But in addition, I have um, further elements. As I mentioned before, I will try to read certain books. I will try to write blog posts about it. And I will try different ideation tactics on a regular basis in order to become proficient not only in building products, but also in ideation and marketing. Because, of course, there's always a huge debate about how important ideas are and how much execution counts. But uh, I think it's pretty, pretty obvious that the best execution on an idea that no one wants is useless. And also the best idea executed flawlessly is useless if no one knows about it. So I think that these three elements, ideation, marketing, and software development, development need to go hand in hand. And this is why I have not just a goal like 12 products in 12 months, but also certain learning milestones and the learning plan and elaboration milestones like writing regular blog posts to share what I've learned in order to really check my understanding. So I hope that this real give me a well-rounded education that deserves the name Bootstrap MBA in the end. 
And of course, for different people, this wouldn't be a wise choice because they already know a lot about ideation or have enough ideas or know enough about marketing. So of course, then it makes perfect sense to just focus on launching or building products. But at least for me, I feel as if I need to know more about all three areas. So I will try to be a bit more well-rounded and maybe my bro project, my product will not be as big as would be possible if I um, just focus on building products. But hopefully they will be better products and I will reach a larger audience because I dedicated some of my time to ideation and marketing, learning more about them, but also applying what I've learned and elaborating on these topics. And that's really it. So this is where I'm currently at. I know what I want to learn. I know how to learn it. Now everything that is left to be done is actually doing it. And in the next episodes, I will talk about my progress, share what worked, what didn't work. And I think it's really important that to emphasize that nothing here is set in stone. So I will be happy to modify my plan as I go along. After all, this is one of the huge advantages of doing it independently. But yeah, planning is everything. Plans are useless. So <laughs> hopefully my plan is not too useless and will serve me well. So let's see how it goes. And I'm quite optimistic that I won't fail completely because I don't have a goal that is completely outside of my control. Like, for example, there are also different goals you could pick. Like, for example, uh, Andrei Asimov did in his hardcore year or the road to ramen experiment I read about once where people say, okay, until the next year, on the next five months, I want to get to $1,000 monthly recurring revenue. But I personally don't want to have a goal like this because you can't control it. Whereas I can control what I'm actually doing, like publishing blog posts, recording podcasts, writing down ideas, launching products, and then everything else is just what it is. So my attitude really is uh, impatience with actions, but patience with results. So if I make zero dollars in the next 12 months, that's perfectly fine. So of course, I wouldn't be happy. It would be better to to validate that what I'm doing is working at least a little bit by earning a little bit money. But it's not my main priority. My main priority is learning. And of course, I want to build businesses that at least are validated in the sense that people pay money for my products. But if it turns out a complete failure, I wouldn't consider the whole experiment, the Bootstrap MBA, a failure because it's primarily about learning. And at least I think this is certain that I will learn a lot, maybe only about what isn't working, but maybe it will also turn out better than I thought. So let's see. And if you decide to follow along my journey, I would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, comment, you can reach me on Twitter or just send me an email. You can find my Twitter account and contact address on my personal website, which is jacobgreenfield.com. And speak soon. Bye-bye.